Thank you today for the opportunity to be here, God. We just thank you uh, that we can lift up our voices to you, God. That we pray that God that you would just be uh, lifted up, that you would be praised today. And God, we just want to thank you for all you do for us. We pray for Brother Darrell as he comes in a little while to deliver your word. God, may your message go forth uh, in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
was dead, but look at me now, I found revival in you. All right, we welcome you again to the Lord's house today. We're going back to the book of Hebrews. Took a break last week for Mother's Day. So, Hebrews chapter 2, just one verse. Hebrews 2, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. And I know sometimes I go really slow through this scripture, but uh, I'm just... I don't like to give you too much. I want you to go away thinking a lot of times, a lot of weeks. I want you to go away thinking about one thing, okay? I want to hammer away some, sometimes at that one thing. If I give you five or six things and you go away and you're thinking and you never get that one thing, okay? So anyway, that's why we're just doing one verse, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11. Most of the Hebrews, the whole book and the, the chapters up so we have covered so far, talk mainly about uh, it's about Jesus Jesus becoming man God becoming man God's God saving us by becoming man just over and over we'll hammer away at that thought so today just one verse one thought for he who for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified. Okay, God through Jesus Christ sanctifies. He who sanctifies. And those who are being sanctified. Those who are in Christ. So that's me. If you're in Christ, that's you. Those who are being sanctified are all of one. There's a mystery. Not, uh, that I could preach on just that. Or all of one. Christ in you. You in Christ. Jesus and the Father are one. We in them. They in us. Being dwelt, the indwelling of God's Spirit. No, no one understands that except someone, except someone who's experienced it. You can't hardly explain that. You just got to know that. Okay. Wow, I could just preach on that, but I got to move on in this, in this one verse. He who sanctifies those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them us brothers and sisters. God becoming man to be your brother, to be with you and to be in you. Okay, sanctified, sanctification, that's, that's what this is going to be. Sanctification, that's a word hardly any of us ever use. Uh, interestingly, uh, Wednesday night we were uh, going through the small group and we were talking about the Lord's Day and the Sabbath Day. And that is the first thing the Bible says that God sanctified. Okay, he, he sanctified that, that day. Sanctification. If you're looking at your outline, there's an outline of this on the back side of your, uh, side of your announcements. To be set apart as holy. That's what the word means. Okay, that's, that's it. 
to be set apart as holy, to set something apart. So when God, I know that's not a word we use a lot. God, the scriptures uses it a lot, to be set apart as holy, okay? So how is sanctification different from salvation? Okay, we're going to move right on to the next screen. How is sanctification different from salvation? They're not the same thing. Salvation is Romans 10, 9. That if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation is John 1, 12. But to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to those, even them who believe on his name. There's the believing and of receiving. That's salvation. Okay? Salvation is not what you do. It's what you believe. Salvation is not what you, the works that you bring. Salvation is not what you give. It's what you receive. To as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. So it's not what you do. It's what Jesus did. It's not what you give. It's what you receive from him. Okay, that is salvation. Salvation is not sanctification. Sanctification comes next. Salvation comes first to believe. I, I, I know people struggle. I know they do. I do struggle with that whole concept of salvation. But, you know, uh, it's like this. People say, well, I've got to, I've got, I don't know how many times I've been told this. I've got to straighten up my life before I come to church. I, I, church and Jesus are not necessarily the same thing, but this is just how they say it. I've got to straighten up my life before I come to church. No, you don't. You've got to, you to come to Jesus, then straighten up your life. Salvation comes first, then sanctification. The message today is not necessarily a salvation message, but it's on to sanctification. Sanctification comes next. It is Romans 8, 29. God has predestined us to be conformed into the image of his dear son. Okay? That's the sanctifying work. God has predestined you. Your destiny, the reason God made you, is to conform you into the image. Conform to form. It's like uh, whatever, uh, clay, silly putty to form. You have been predestined. God's destiny for you is that you would be formed, conformed into the image of his dear son. What does that mean? That God's making you like Jesus. For the Christians in the room who have experienced that salvation, it's not what you give, it's what you receive. It's not what you do, it's what Jesus did. I've, I've received it. Okay, I, I have. I, I can't deny it. I can't deny that I'm a Christian. I can't deny that Jesus has saved me. All right? So now, next, now what? Sanctification, even though we don't ever use that word. Now God is setting me apart. He's conforming me into the image of his son, Jesus. I'm going through that sanctification process right now. When did it start? At salvation. It's much the same on, your, on the screen. Salvation leads to sanctification as being born again is to lead to Christian maturity. So that's happening in me right now. It's my salvation is leading to sanctification, which is God's work of leading me to Christian, Christian maturity, to be like 
Jesus. Growing up, that's, that's what it is. There's born again. That, then what? What's a child do after they're born? They grow up. That's what sanctification is. Just to put it in real easy terms, it's just growing up. Okay? Now, uh, I, I hope you got that. I hope you get that. I hope you see the difference. Salvation leads to sanctification. That's what those two words mean. Okay, next screen. So what? So what? What's the point? So why is it important? Okay. If you can't be more saved, okay, you can't be more saved. And you cannot be saved twice. And everybody who everybody that hears that and watches it, you cannot be saved twice. Why? You won't find a, bi a biblical example of that. You just won't. You can't be saved twice. You can't be more saved. So what's the point of sanctification? Uh, I've heard people say this. Don't say this to me because I won't like you if, you if you do. Don't say this to me. I just want to get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. Don't say that to me. Now, you may be thinking that. Okay, right now, if you're thinking that, I want you to change your thinking. Okay? I just, I just want to get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. Don't be thinking that. I want to go with every piece of skin I've got, okay? You can't be more saved. You can't be, some, somebody said it like this, I hope I don't offend anyone, but being a little bit saved is like being a little bit pregnant. Can you be a little bit pregnant? Well, I mean, I, know, I realize you can be at the very initial set. I better get away from that. You just, you're either pregnant or you're not. You're either pregnant or you're not. Got it? <laughs> can you be a little bit saved? No. You either are or you're not. So what's sanctification? So what? What's the point then after salvation? What's the point? Why didn't God just take me to heaven with him the night I was saved? Why not just do that? I'm, because in, in those years after my salvation, all these years that I've been through, what's the point of all that? I can't get more saved. Sanctification is not more salvation. That's not the same thing. Sanctification is not more salvation. So what's the point? I know that there's... I know that there's things that God is doing. There's a mystery here. I know that there are things that God is doing through me, you, me, us, in, in getting us ready for heaven. I know that. But see, I don't know what that, le I don't know what that means. I'm not there yet. I guess that's something I'm going to see when I, when I get there. So I really can't address that much. Probably shouldn't have even said that. So what's the point of sanctification? What's the point of being conformed into the image of, of Jesus if it's, it's not going to make me more saved? Jesus himself said something very important. This is, this is one, of those, one of those verses that you need to un underline. It's John 17, 17 through 19, and I think we're going to have this on the, on the screen. Yeah, John 17, 17 through 19. This is one of those verses that 
you ought to underline and then when you've underlined it, underline it again. Okay? Because Jesus says something incredibly important here and I saw this a few, few years ago and things started to really make more sense to me when I finally figured out what Jesus meant when he said this. Now this is Jesus' prayer uh, the night before he died. Very soon before he died. So he's at the end of his approaching the end of his life getting ready for the cross he knows that he, he, he knows everything that's going to take place so he and his father have a good talk he gets alone by himself and he and he and his father have a real good talk and sometimes it's called it the scripture doesn't say this but sometimes we call it the high priestly prayer his last one of his one of his last prayers last recorded prayer so this is Jesus talking to the Father. Sanctify. Sanctify them, the disciples, and I'm a disciple. Them. I'm one of them. I am one of them. I don't know about you. I am. Can't deny it. Sanctify them. That's me. If you're in Christ, that's you. Sanctify them believe I lost my page. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. You see that? Father, as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world, and them is me. And if you're in Christ, it's you. Jesus has sent you into the world, into your culture. He sent me to Truman, Arkansas. I don't know about I don't know where he sent you, but he sent me here. I send them into the world. Here it is. I need you to see this. I need this to help change your mind about some things. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. Jesus speaking. For their sakes, for my sake, I sanctify myself, Jesus said, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Jesus said, I sanctify myself. I set myself apart as holy so that they may be also. Jesus did it. Why did he do it? I mean, if there's any... (laughs) talking about Jesus being saved that doesn't even make sense but that's what we've been talking about I mean how can you be more Jesus than he was and so why you know how can you be more sanctified than he was but Jesus said I'm going through this sanctification process so that they will be so that I can be so that you can be so using that as a pattern of What on earth is sanctification for then? If it's not more salvation, why do I go through it? Why is God conforming me right now? Why is God changing me right now? Why is God molding, forming me right now into the image of his son? If it's not more salvation, that means it's sanctification. Why would he be doing it? If you're looking at the pattern that Jesus has, has established, he did it for you. I'm doing it for you. God's doing it through me 
for you? Why are you going through the sanctification process? Why is God trying to change you and form you and mold you? Why is God doing that in your life? It's not to save you again. It's not to save you twice. It's not to get you more salvation, but it's sanctification. Why? For somebody else. It's just as simple as that. He's doing it through you for someone else. That's why he's doing it. So really, it's, it's about you, but it's really not about you, is it? It's about you affecting, influencing someone else. You mean all that I'm going through is so other people will see it. And so other people can, can gain from it. Yes. Yes. Whatever you're going through is that so someone else can see it. Someone else will see it. Someone else will learn from it. Someone else will get something from it. As they see you, as they experience you going through whatever it is that God, is, God leads you through, it's for someone else. It's not all about you. It's about Jesus in you for someone else. Okay? Next screen. How many of us were led to Jesus by no one? That's possible. It is. But is anybody in the room ever, was anybody in the room led to Jesus by never hearing the gospel preached? Was anybody in the room led to Jesus by never having any influence from anybody? The truth is, most of the time, not all the time, and it's not a requirement at all, but most Christians, that when I hear the testimony of their salvation, they can actually pretty much tell me who it was that led them, who it was that helped them. And it's not that you have to be led by someone, but it's just that you probably were. Just the way things work. How many of us were led to Jesus by no one? Very few of us. Very few of us. How many of us have grown in Jesus by influence from no one? Very few of us. And I, I won't take the time that I could, if, if you asked me if it was a, uh, if it was a, you know, a testimony time, if you asked me, I could just name you a lot of people who've just greatly, I had some pastors in the, in the past, they spurred me on, they, they said things, they did things, they were things that, that, that and, and other folks, uh, countless, really, I could just sit and think and think. All the people who have influenced me in my life, their godly life, their godly, sanctified, set apart as holy life led me, influenced me, made me, helped to make me. Now, it wasn't them. I know that. It was what? Jesus in them. Isn't that what Jesus said? I, the sanctifier, and those who are being sanctified are one. Now, so God is trying to do that through you. Amazing uh, when people do say maybe something encouraging to me about this, uh, you know, you did this, you did that. It's amazing how most of the time when they, you remember when you said that? Do you remember when you did this? And honestly, I, I just, no, I don't. <laughs> it 
It's kind of like uh, sometimes I just, I just n- n- nod my head. It's kind of like when you're talking to someone and you can't really hear what they say. What, what do you do? You just nod your head and smile. You know, and half the time that kind of gets you through until, until it doesn't, you know. But people say, do you remember when you did that? I just nod my head and smile. And sometimes I say, I have to be honest with you. No, I don't, I don't remember that. You know what, if I could take you into a room, each of you individually, and I sat you down and I told you the most uh, important, the most influential thing that you've done for me, that I've, I know this by experience, most of the time you're going to say, I don't even remember doing that. I don't remember saying that. That's, that's how it works. Your life... I'm going to tell you right now, your Christian life is vital, vital. Your witness, your testimony, your godliness, your sanctification, your lifestyle, what you do, what you don't do, what you say, what you don't say, your Christianity is vital, vital. Because somebody is watching you. You don't think they are, but they absolutely are. They're watching you. They're listening to you. They're paying attention to you. You're leading them or you're not by your Christianity. I gave you uh, three questions to think about last Sunday. I I asked you to think about them all week long. And we're going to go over those same. I'm really not going to spend probably much more time this week than than I did last because they're kind of self-explanatory. How many people are more faithful to Jesus because of your faithfulness? Now, I've spent a lot of time wording it just the way I wanted it. How many people are more faithful to Jesus because of your faithfulness? The truth is, when I think about that, and if you're thinking about that, the answer is going to be, I'm not sure. Okay? That's actually a pretty good answer. Because I'm asking for a number. How many people are more faithful to Jesus because of your faithfulness? I'm asking for a number that none of you can answer. But if you're struggling and if you at least start counting, that's good. Because you at least start counting. Here's the problem. Some of you can't even count one. That's the problem. How many people are more faithful to Jesus because of your faithfulness? The problem is if you can't even get started. Okay? Other than that, there's just no way to know. But at least you're past one. You're you're influencing somebody. The next question, and Matt, I hope it doesn't throw you for a loop, but eventually after I get through the three questions... I want to come back to the first one, okay? How many people, now, the opposite side, how many people are less faithful to Jesus because of your lack of faithfulness? Or another way to say it, how many people would be more faithful to Jesus if you would be? Now, I tried to say it in a way that's kind of frank, kind of plain. I want it to come across like that because it is just that. How many people would be more faithful to Jesus if you would be? Then the last one, the last two, that one and this one, are you affecting anyone at all 
by your faith. I never forget when I started preaching, uh, some older, older pastor said, look, when you get up there, say something. Okay? Say something. And then <laughs> when uh, at the first church I, I pastored, I uh, ran into some problems along the way. And one of the fellows said, well, the reason you run into problems is because you're saying something. It gets you into trouble. But hey, if I'm going to be up here anyway, say something. Say something that makes a difference. Say something that makes a difference. Well, I could put it also, say, do something. Live something. Hey, if you're going to be alive anyway, if you're going to be here anyway, live it. Do something. Live something. Make a difference. One way or the other. I used to keep the scoreboard at basketball games, kept the clock. And I don't know how many times I've heard a coach send a player in do something. Make a difference. And he'd call a player out. Sit on the bench. Why? You're not doing anything. You're not making a difference. One, one coach called a player, set him on the bench. Why are, you, why are you benching me, coach? Because you're taking up air that somebody else could breathe. You're not doing anything. I feel like a basketball coach right, right now. Are you affecting anyone at all by your faith? Okay, the last two that we just looked at are kind of tough. Let's go back to the first one, though. This, one's, this is more gentle. I don't want you to take a message like this to heart because of the negative side. Even though, hey, if that helps, it, it helps. Do something. But I don't want you to go away ever. I don't want... I don't want my Christianity to be like this, and I don't want yours to be like that. I don't want you to go away just because of the negative side of it. Let's go back to the first one. How many people are more faithful to Jesus because of your faithfulness? That's what I want. That's what I want. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that just because I'm afraid of not doing that. I don't want to do that just because I feel bad if I don't do that. I want to do that because I love you. Because I love you. And I want to help you. I want to reach you. I want to affect you. I want, I want to influence you. I want you to do that because you love. Because you love. I want you to do that because you love people. Because Jesus did that because he loves you. He's the great example. The sanctifier, the holy one, sets us apart as ho holy, and Jesus said, and we are one. We're like brothers. And Jesus said, I sanctify myself so that they may be sanctified too, just like one, because he loves you. Salvation is because he loves you. Sal and sanctification is because he loves everyone. And he wants you to be involved in, in a partner a brother with him in the ministry of reaching everyone. So I want you to do it not because you feel bad if you don't. I want you to do it because you love. Lord, help me to love. Help me to love. And help me to know, listen, I want you to know this, I believe this with all my heart. The only reason you're here on this earth 
is because it's not that God's not ready for you yet. It's not so much that. Is that God's not done with you yet. If When you're done, when God's done with you, you're done. He's not done with you yet. That's why you're here. Let's do something while we're here. Let's reach someone while we're here. The reason that God is forming us is for someone else. Let them see that. I'm going to ask for the musicians to come. We're going to have our prayer time right now. And so I'm going to ask the congregation to stand, if you will. And these uh, brown chairs are here. And these chairs are our altars. I'm going to ask you to bow your head as we get ready to pray. You can come to a chair and stand, kneel, sit, or you can just come up here in front and just stand. If you feel that the the Holy Spirit's leading you to take a step out, take a step out. Be different. Reach out. Father, I ask you right now through the power of your spirit to reach us. Father, I ask you to do a work in our heart to reach someone else. The only reason that we're here is for your salvation and your sanctification in our life to pass it on, to reach someone else. There's somebody out there for me to reach. There's somebody out there for me to influence. There's somebody out there for me to testify to. There's somebody out there for me to love. There's somebody out there for me to love. Help me to do that, Father. Help me to love them. Help me to reach them. If you need to come today to pray, you can come to a chair, you can just step up front. But if you need to pray for someone else or pray for yourself, if you just need to come and pray, if you just need to come and pray, while they play and sing, we invite you to come.
desperate for you And I I'm lost without you